Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thank you for having me. You're welcome for, for, for having you. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you have a great Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I don't want to I don't want to steal any thunder from our draft <laughs> that's coming later, but Thanksgiving is not my favorite holiday. It's, it's not your favorite holiday. I know that. I know I'm that. Record in multiple places saying that I think Thanksgiving is wildly overrated as a as a as a holiday. But within the confines of your own sort of miserable life, <laughs> did you did you did you enjoy Thanksgiving beyond that? Uh, By the way, yeah. I, I have to ask you this. This is a total separate thing, and and this might this might have no meaning to you at all. Is your family, anybody in your family, your wife or you, maybe you, any of you Gilmore Girl people? Gilmore uh, girls? Uh, we uh, are not, but it's only because we were kind of we're just kind of the slightly the wrong age. I think yeah. the. The height of Gilmore Girls, I think, was when I was in college. And I just – it's one of those things – I it's like, by the way, Seinfeld. I kind of missed a big really? chunk of Seinfeld. Yeah, because I was just in college and it was before flat screen TVs were everywhere. And I just kind of <laughs> didn't watch TV when I was in college. And I kind of missed both of those things. And I don't yeah. – I'm not 100% sure that that's the reason. I just remember, like, everyone telling me how wonderful Gilmore Girls was. Everyone in every phase of my life – and I and for whatever reason, I just kind of missed it a little bit. I've never seen an episode, never seen one. However, my family is obsessed. Like, right. like they're all all of them. The girls, the the they they've seen all of the reruns of it. I mean, on Netflix or whatever. Uh, my wife, they're, they're they've seen every episode, and they've already seen all six hours of the new thing, which they right. were blown away by. And I have to admit, I don't know exactly why this is on my case because I'm a little bit older than you. I kind of never even was really aware of the Gilmore Girls, and and then this thing came out, and I, I mean I knew my family was watching it all the time when I was gone or whatever. Um, it's everywhere. Everybody's talking Gilmore Girls. Yeah. It's like this huge thing, and I I feel bad now. I feel like I'm totally out of the loop on something that is like a cultural phenomenon. I think it's one of those things where the, the it. It was a big deal, certainly when it was around. It was a little. It was right after I graduated from college. Basically, I'm just realizing it was 2000 and 2007, and so I was at SNL at the time, and I was I had very weird hours, <laughs> and I didn't watch a lot of TV. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things where, like, at the time, it was a big deal. But in the intervening time, you realize that it's it's held in a very special place in people's lives, and so the. The coming back with the original cast with those characters, the chance to see those characters live another day is like a kind of big deal. It's a very big deal for people, and I'm happy that they the fans get to see it. Do you think that we could like maybe in I guess so let's see, so 2007 it ended, so nine years. So do you think like in seven or eight years we could have like like a six hour like Parks and Rec thing that we could just <laughs> bring back? Uh, I I would have never I would never say no. Um, okay. okay. The, Just ask. the chances of wrangling Chris Pratt and Aziz Ansari, <laughs> who are all polar and gigantic <laughs> stars, yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, the Gilmore Girls was really about really about two women, right? Right. And right. Uh, and they are very talented actors with very vibrant careers, but you know, the Parks and Rec cast was rolled ten deep, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to uh, find a moment where they can all come back together. I guess. I guess uh, Melissa. Melissa McCarthy, I guess, is is on Gilmore Girls. So I yeah, guess that I, was sort of the, the right? biggest yeah, star, really cool. right? Yeah. Good for them. 
yeah, it's exciting. All right, let's talk sports because that's the point of this pod. It's not. It is? I think. I think. I want to talk about this. We are going to talk about the Golden State Warriors. We might not actually get to the Warriors. Uh, But I want to talk about this because I think this is much, much more important. Because we are going to discuss the Warriors, whether or not they're going to be the greatest offense ever. Um, which I think they they will be, but we'll we'll, we'll discuss that in one minute. Because I I you sent me a text that I've not ever since I got this text from you, I, I've not been able to sleep. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> you are thinking about thinking about becoming a Browns fan, and yes. and I just want you to know, come on, man, come on our come on our team. Leave behind those stupid Patriots that all they do is win and come to the Browns. That's all I'm saying. I I want to I want to clarify something. I <laughs> I'm a I'm a very very firm believer that you that you uh, that you stick with your team. Yeah, I, you're a loyal guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a hundred percent loyalist, and and really, there's nothing that there's very little that could happen that would cause me to have a different favorite team in any sport. Like I, I really, it's a, it's sort of impossible. I, it's just the, it's the way I'm wired. I'm not unique in this way. Many, many, many sports fans are wired this way, but I've always found the ultimate kind of uh, a, like lame move to be like a guy who is a, you know, a Brewers fan or a Cardinals fan or a Houston Astros fan and then moves to New York in 1996 and it's like i'm a yankees fan now i'm winning yay and i'm just like who cares about the brewers i'm a yankee fan i've i and by the way that would be true for the red sox too i think you should grew up a brewers fan you're a brewers fan that's the end of the story yes and i and so i don't when i say i'm thinking about becoming a browns fan what i'm really saying is i'm thinking about taking a certain part of my emotional life and my sports interest and and aiming it towards the Browns for real where I like where I'm kind of like investing myself in the Browns uh, uh, in a in a like legitimate way where I care about the team and I follow the team and I want the team to win and the and the reason for this is obvious right which is without taking for granted for one second the extraordinary run of success that my football team has had and by the way every other team I root for <laughs> uh the Browns right now are as low as you can get in any. You can't sport. get lower. You can't get lower, right? They're zero and twelve. Their prospects are incredibly bleak. Um, they they their their coach uh, cried during his press conference after he <laughs> lost, which I think is so endearing and great. And like I'm, that made me be like, I want that guy to win now. That guy cares so much. Like that's what you need to turn around a franchise super long term, twenty years or more. Super long term, yeah. But that's what you need is you need people who care. And then that made me think maybe I should care. Maybe I should get on board. I also am – I never paid attention to the Browns. And then you kind of made me pay attention to the Browns and the ways in which they don't just lose. That's, yes. the, that's the wonderful thing about the Browns. They don't just lose. There's a lot of teams that can lose, right? The Mavericks just lose. Yes. The, the Phoenix Suns just lose. The Brooklyn Nets just lose. The Browns – that – thing at the end of the Steelers-Browns game, at the end of the first half of the Steelers-Browns game, was one of the cr- most amazing things I've ever seen. And it doesn't even register on the list of crazy things, bad things that have happened to the Browns. If if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, the end of the first half of the Steelers-Browns game a week and a half ago or whatever it was, 
the Steelers had the ball at like what it, it was like the three yard line. Two yard line. Yeah, yeah, three three yard line, yeah. And there were like three seconds left. And the Steelers were winning the game, correct? They were winning six nothing. They're winning six nothing. Now the a hundred times out of a hundred that uh, there's three seconds left that that team just kicks a field goal. You, right, because you're going up two scores. Fourth down, by the way, it's fourth down. There's three seconds left. Wasn't it fourth down? It doesn't really matter. There was I don't three. think it mattered because it was only three seconds. Left. Right, and and they don't. They decide to go for a touchdown in the one of the most disrespectful <laughs> moves. It was basically like there's literally it doesn't matter what happens if we succeed great if we don't who cares we're gonna win this game anyway so we might as well get some get to like a few reps in running our like you know end of the end of the half red zone kind of two yard touchdown plays they they try to uh, score a touchdown and they fail but there is a very bad penalty called on the browns like a, a yes a, a, a an unfairly a, just a poor call on the Browns, so of course the the Steelers move the ball moves one yard forward to the one yard line, and they get an untimed down. They right. again do not try to kick a field goal. They again, don't even think about kicking the field. Don't even think about. It. They, Tomlin doesn't even hesitate. They again throw a ball in the end zone. It is it fails again and again. There is another penalty called on the Browns. The ball moves to the half yard line. They again don't even think about kicking a field goal. Chance. And they run the play and they score a touchdown. Of course, because of course they score a touchdown. Because if you give any team three chances from inside the two, they're probably going to score a touchdown. And it, it was just and they, and they just went on to win the game easily. Well, I know. And then they went for two. That oh, was to great. me. <laughs> great. They went their fourth consecutive play from inside the two yard line, and they converted the two point conversion. And oh they yeah! Won. Oh yeah! And and it was one of the and I I watched that sequence live and I I it finally hit me like what you've been writing about and talking about all these years it finally hit me I was like oh this is what it's like to be a Browns fan and I felt it at a very deep fundamental sort of like earthquake you know epicenter level and I thought to myself maybe I should invest in this team because when this team I mean forget about the Cubs. When the Browns win a Super Bowl, and it will happen someday unless the entire concept of American football collapses under its own uh, weight and fraud, if and when that ever happens, that will be the greatest moment in sports history. I believe that now. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? Well, I... Now that the Cubs have won, I mean, the Indians would be something and the Browns but and, and the like. Yeah, I don't think the Indians – I mean, look, the Indians win, it'll be great in, in sort of, you know in, – in, but it won't – they've been in three World Series. I mean, the, the Browns – I think the Browns and the Lions are the, are the two those are at the this two. point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the two. And the Lions have found some level of respectability over the last, like, two or three, four or five years. They're um, a playoff team every year, pretty much. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, they had their 0-16. They had their, they had their moment. Um but now they're like pretty good. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to anybody if they. I think it'd be surprising this year if they won the Super Bowl. But they could they could get to the to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody in the NFC is is that great. I mean, they they could get in. The Browns are just a million miles away. The Browns had a moment at the end of that game that was so unnoticed and should be unnoticed. I did write about it. Um, with two seconds left, they called timeout. They were down two touchdowns, um, and they had the ball like at the twenty yard line or something. And with two seconds left, they call timeout, which God bless them, man. I mean, that's – so you're just going, all right, well, look, we're going to just try for some incredibly worthless score to give our fans, like, something 
to to go home with, right? I mean, there's nothing there's nothing else there. I mean, you know, you got the the hey, we fight to the finish thing, but nobody buys that. Sure. So they call timeout with two seconds left. They have the ball at the twenty yard line, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, what 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 play do you call? <laughs> With two seconds left in the, in the game. And so you, right, you just line, line up five guys on the right, right? You just have like quintuplets left or right. And then you throw the ball up and hope somebody scores a touchdown, right? I mean, it's like, it's obvious. They throw like a screen pass, like no chance of even being caught. So like Duke Johnson, um, and I just thought... That, that, to me, is the Browns right there. It's like, it's not only that you just have no idea what they're doing. Even within that, even with the confines of their own weird logic, they can't do it. Like, even even thinking, like, okay, you're going to try to score for some reason we don't even understand. No, they're not even going to try to score. They're just going to just throw. I, I just, that moment was just so. Here's my big question about the Browns at this point. Do we want them to win a game this year? I mean, is that does I that make it better or worse? I don't I know. Don't I? I think that you want them to truly bottom out because right. it, the way this works long term, and I do mean long term, <laughs> is you make a little progress every year, right? right? You end every year and you say this year was better than last year. So if you go zero and sixteen, right now they're zero and twelve. Right. Their point differential is a negative 155. By the Which way, almost all of that's in the second half, by yeah. the way. Side note, yeah. they've scored three more points than the first place Houston Texans. <laughs> that's how bad the Texans are. <laughs> but you, what, you, what you want is that they go 0-16, their point differential is negative 240, and next year... They, they have a good draft. Maybe they trade down again, which they did last year for the first time, like, ever. They traded right. down, and they started to stockpile picks, and maybe you they recognize that they're not going to be a playoff team in 2017. So you trade out a, a, the first slot again to some desperate team. The Jets need a quarterback, and you trade your pick to the Jets for their whole draft so they can <laughs> draft some guy who won't pan out. <laughs> and, and then the next year, maybe, you know – Maybe they go they go two and fourteen, or they go three right. and thirteen, or they're a little bit surprising and they go five and eleven. Yeah, and suddenly you're like, hey, look, they're five and eleven. That's not bad. And then the next year, maybe they go seven and nine, or six and even six and ten. You want them to? You want? I think that this year is so has been so lost. What I think you want is for them to say like, first of all, we're picking up Hugh Jackson's our guy, and we're picking up his, we're giving him a new deal. He's here for five years, and we're not firing him because we right. believe in him. That's one thing they haven't had at all. They've had no coaching stability, and they've had no quarterback stability forever, right? So you want them to have, like have a know that they have a coach, and you want to know that they have a, a ideally that they have a quarterback, and then you say like we're going to try to get a little better every year, and that would be really fun to root for long term. I agree. Oh, I'm I agree. already I'm already in. Like I'm in on You're the. In. You're in with us. Here's the thing, I want them. To go 0 and 16 because one, they deserve it. Like this team should be remembered. I mean, they're they're not they're not as they're not like one of the bad one and fifteen. They're an 0 and 16 team. They're they they've earned that that right. Um, secondly, winning a game that means nothing. Right. The only concern I have with 0 and 16 is that they would then fire Hugh, and and so I'd like them to lock up Hugh right now. Yeah, like, I'd like them to just say, hey. 
I don't care. Don't try to do like sell out everything on earth to win that one game. Just keep coaching the right. way you can. And don't don't worry about the this season is just it's just a it's just a season to try to develop like three players. Okay? Just just focus on that and don't worry about it. So if if they are willing to go 0 and 16 and keep Hugh and keep everybody in place, then I want 0 and 16. I don't want 1 and 15. Also, However, by the way, they they looking over their shoulder at the 49ers who are 1 and 10 and, and aren't going to win another game by the way. Right. And the the brownsiest thing in the world would be like <laughs> we love our coach, man. We love our coach and we're going to play our guts out and we're somehow going to steal two wins. Yeah, and then lose that. And then lose out on like a franchise quarterback or something. <laughs> that would be that so that's why you just to me I just want I you want 0 and 16 because you just want it to be this is the end, this is the bottom and then you want their GM to come out and their owner to come out and say we don't care about our record, what we care about is whether we have the right guy coaching the team and we do and this is him. This is Hugh Jackson, and we're giving him a five-year deal, and everybody shut up about job stability because he's not going anywhere. And then he can relax and say, like, okay, I'm doing my thing and for at least, you know, let's say three or four more years. And that's because it they the it seems from the outside like the problem is just stability. They've had no stability at all. How many quarterbacks exactly. you, you know the numbers on this? How many quarterbacks have they started in the last like 20 years? Well, since since they came back to Cleveland, they're on their 27th quarterback, 27th starting quarterback. They've had other people throw footballs, and they're on like their 13th or 14th coach. I mean, I have all the numbers like in my computer. Right. Um, and on like their 6th or 7th or 8th GM, and heck, they're on their 3rd or 4th owner. I mean, they've they've had no stability, none. And that is the big problem, and I totally agree with you. I'm like, I think they should come out and say that right now. I think right now during the bye week, the Browns ought to just come out. The Browns owner should just come out and say, um, okay, look, this has been a terrible year. We all know that. Everybody's trying the best they can. It doesn't matter. This is our team. This is our coach. This is our management group. We believe in them. We know they're going to get the job done, and nobody's getting fired. I'm telling you that right now. Nobody's getting fired. Right. Stop asking. Um, you, can, you can stop speculating. You can stop asking. The coach is right. staying. GM is staying. Everybody's staying. That's the end of the story. End of the story. Yeah, I I don't think they'll do that, but I but I hope they do. And here's the thing: I they're playing the Bengals uh, after the bye week, and the Bengals have seemed to have given up on their season. Yeah, um, they're the exact kind of team for the Browns to beat. By the way, that Bengals team because it's like the team that went in with super duper high expectations, and then it all went you know to dirt, and now they've given up. That's that's like the perfect, and it's in Cleveland. Like that's. If the Browns can get by this one with a nice, solid loss, I think they've got 0-16 straight ahead. They're home against the Bengals. They're at the Bills. That's a tough game. They're home against the yeah, Chargers. Yeah, they won't win. They won't win in Buffalo. Yeah, they're home against the Chargers. The Chargers are fighting for the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, they won't. The, the Chargers aren't going to lose that game. Yeah. and then Although at- the Chargers have their own magic. I mean, that's let's face it. Yeah, that's true. Their own reverse <laughs> magic, you mean. And reverse magic. The, and then they close at the Steelers. Which is forget it. Forget it. Not happening. All right. We've talked about the Browns and we've talked about Gilmore Girls, sort of. Let's cover get to the, the topic. The media, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the topic at hand, which is will this Golden State Warriors uh, offense be the greatest in, in basketball history? Uh, they are averaging 117 points a game right now. 
Yeah. Uh, and I believe are putting up numbers early. It's early. But they are putting up numbers that would suggest that statistically they will be the greatest offensive team in, in, in NBA history. Uh, Durant and Steph Curry are every bit as incredible and ridiculous as, as you thought they would be together. Uh, that team does not seem to have missed a beat uh, at all. Like, I thought that they might, you know, there might be like a little bit of an early everybody figuring out who everybody is, but they're basically blowing out everybody by 30. Um, so what do you think? Is this going to be the greatest offense in NBA history? It's hard to see how they won't be. Uh, right. right. I mean, they the, the thing about getting Durant, which was so crazy, is – by the numbers and obviously like these guys are early in their careers, relatively speaking, but Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry were like three of the five best long range shooters in the history of the league. Right. It was like Curry was number one and, and Clay Thompson was like number three, four and Durant was number three. I can't remember what they were, but like it was like three of the five best long range shooters ever in, since the sport was invented, since they were throwing yeah. balls into peach baskets. <laughs> So basically you were saying, okay, you're removing Harrison Barnes and replacing him with Kevin Durant. Yeah, and that's that's a upgrade. That's a pretty significant upgrade. Durant's <laughs> having a I mean, you know, Barnes having a, a interesting year, but but it was like, well, yeah, what, what do you think is going to happen? Like I mean, what there is and there has been a little it's been interesting, right? There's been a little bit of adjusting that they had to do. Yes. Like they they lost their opening game by 30 to the Spurs. Yeah, they got crushed, they, yeah. Yeah, they got crushed. And they, by the way, they they aren't blowing everybody out by 30. They're, they're no, blowing some no. people out by 30, but they're also, their defense looks kind of like it's a mess a little bit. Yes. And they, you know, they beat the Bucks by three. Like they, they you, do you know, that, that's true. The, yeah, the, the thing that isn't, the thing that makes you feel like, they are first of all. They gelled incredibly quickly. Like after yeah. losing that game by twenty nine, and everybody was like suddenly writing an early obituary for the for the team. They they immediately you know they won four in a row. Then they lost to the Lakers by twenty, and it was like uh oh, hang on. And the thing that makes me feel like they are going to be the best offensive team ever is that when they then next played the Lakers, they put up hundred and forty nine points on them. <laughs> They just, they were like, we lost and that was embarrassing. And now we're, we're going to destroy you. And they, yes. that game, which I saw most of was, was insane. They shot 62% from the field. They shot 53% from three. They easily out rebounded them. They basically didn't, they barely turned the ball. I, like, I think they had nine turnovers the whole game. Every single player on that team looked like the whole point of their existence at that moment was to score on the Lakers. Ian Clark <laughs> was five for five from three. Ian Clark was five he for is five. Ian Clark. He's he's the guy who in the middle of their crazy run, when we did a podcast about their starting twenty-three and oh or whatever it was last year, he was the guy who they were being challenged in a game and he came out of like Curry got into foul trouble or something. And suddenly someone named Ian Clark came out and hit three threes in like um, in like 48 seconds and then went back to the bench and never played again. And it was like, what? They have that guy? Where did that guy come from? Um, but yeah, I mean, they they shot, they, they just absolutely annihilated a team that had beaten them by 20. 
And that when that game was over, I thought, oh, this is it. Like now they've they can they can if they can find that gear whenever they need to, and who knows if they really can. We're only not even a quarter of the way through the season. But no. it is very hard to see how you basically swap out you swap out Barnes for Durant, you lose, you know, Bogut, but Bogut wasn't a scorer at all. No. So no. it doesn't that doesn't really show Well, I think it's hurt them I think it's hurt them defensively. I do too. Yeah. There's no question. And and they have and they the, the defensively they're kind of a mess. I mean, they're giving yeah. up a lot of points and they they uh, it seems like they kind of have the attitude of like it doesn't really matter if you guys score <laughs> cuz we'll just score more than you do. <laughs> but I mean, what well, do you, really I, 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 I feel like if you go by like, you know, I, I don't know. What is the all-time record for points per game? Yeah, I don't even know. I, I know that the, that I, I saw a chart recently comparing them to like some of those Suns teams that scored. But that was back when the NBA was, was you know, a, a much higher scoring league, although the league is incredibly high scoring this year so far. And that that's really another interesting point because over in the East – Cleveland is scoring insane points. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're averaging 112 a game, right? They're 112 a game, and James Irving and Love are averaging like 75 points. Just those three guys. I mean, yeah. it's so so. There's something insane going on. I think, which I love, by the way. I the NBA is so much better as a scoring league. I think, and so much more fun to watch. I mean, you don't want it to be like it was sort of in the crazy when nobody plays any defense. But it is so much fun to watch these teams run up and down the court and make threes. And, I mean, I, I just think this has been a blast of a year to watch. Oh, it's so fun. And, the and like, the Rockets had took 53s the other day. <laughs> took 53s. <laughs> I mean, it, this, is, this is the trend, right? The trend for a while now based on every – not just analytics, but just like the like easy powers of observation that any coach can see, is that like a three pointer is a better an open three is always a better shot than a contested two, right? So right. like the the that's been the trend. The trend hit a sort of apotheosis last year with the with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and that Warriors team, and then other and and by the way, a lot of other teams coming to the same conclusion simultaneously, and so it. This is for 10 years now. This has been the direction of the league. And it's really fun because a transition three is the most exciting thing in the NBA. Like, every, like yes. running down the court, outlet pass, pull up, like Clay Thompson pull up three, swish is the most fun thing to watch. I think it's way more fun than a dunk at this point. There's no, the dunks are boring. Long range, like pull up threes in transition are, to me are so exciting. And that's what the whole league has become. And it's really great. The Brooklyn Nets are allowing 114 points a game. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. Actually, I mean, I think Portland, yeah, Portland is also averaging, uh, allowing 114 points a game. So at some point this year, whether it's Golden State, whether it's Houston, whether it's Cleveland, um, Toronto scoring like crazy, uh, one of those teams is putting up like 170. Like we're going to have a 170-point night. At some point this year, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Like an overtime game between the like the Rockets and the you know the the, the Trailblazers or something. Yeah, like that. something like yeah, exactly. Like you'll get into the 150s, 160s easily. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> All it, right. It's the perfect. It's the perfect antidote 
to like it's the perfect thing to carry you from the end of like baseball season and the kind of slight doldrums of football season into the beginning of baseball season again. Totally. If the totally. NBA is this exciting, it really helps like stem the stem the tide of the depression that washes over you in February. Yes. It's 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 like February and March. Uh, you know, college basketball in March. That's a, the, the real problem is college basketball until March is like not super interesting at all. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting in March because of the way it's set up. Um, but yeah, getting me through February, you know, when the NBA is, is playing like this well, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on the Golden State thing. Cause, because frankly, <clears throat> if we don't have Golden State scoring points, you and I are going to just talk Gilmore girls at every podcast from here on more girls and brown's off-season moves (laughs) (laughs) like like there's a reason like people who are listening already like they need another reason to stop listening is us giving them really two people talking about the gilmore's girls who have never seen the gilmore never never seen it or rarely seen it and then talking about the worst not just football the worst team. football team, but the worst franchise in sports. In, in sports, by far. Yeah. I think by far at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, another winning podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. <laughs>